0: Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Rev. Todd Laddick, and today I am bringing you Part 7 of a nine-part Lenten series entitled, Drink from the Fountain of Grace, with today's message specifically entitled, The Overflowing Cup, based off of John chapter 12, verses 12-19, through and Psalm 23. So let us dive into the Word. The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Hail to the King of Israel! Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, Don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples his disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy, but after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb, raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it this was the reason so many went out to meet him because they had heard about this miraculous sign and then the Pharisees said to each other there's nothing we can do look everyone has gone after him and from Psalm 23 a Psalm of David the Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need he lets me rest in green meadows He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. We can't overflow with... God's grace if we are filled with ourselves. I remember a time when I was my youngest daughter's age. She's now 18, a senior in high school, and preparing to conquer the world. As hard as it might be for her to imagine, I was her age at one time too, though admittedly I did not do nearly as good as she has done in high school, which makes me very proud of her for sure. But I know she is looking forward to stepping out the front door and into the next chapter of her life. She's almost to that point, and once that point comes, there's no turning back barring unforeseen circumstances. I can remember wanting to leave my home, to be independent, to be self-reliant, to make my own darn rules, you know? And I'm sure most, if not all of us, longed that freedom at some point in our lives, and eventually all of us attained that freedom. I can also remember a time when I was my oldest daughter's age. Katie is now 21, going on 22. And at her age, Bernadette and I were about to be married, and in June of 2000, uh, our little Katie was, was born. But you know what? I was still a kid at that time, and I was still trying to have my independence, to be seen as an adult, as someone who was self-reliant and able to raise a family, and Bernie and I made it work for a time. She finished nursing school while I worked as an ironworker, and after which I went to Chubb Institute and obtained a diploma in web development and business programming, and I got a job got hired by a home automation software company, finally I had got myself right to where I wanted to be. That's right, me. I got there. And that is true. I did. But within a year, that company went belly up because it had been mismanaged and took risks that it wasn't prepared to take. And I was without a job. All of that self-reliance, all of that hard work, down the drain. And I was forced to stay at home and take care of the house and kids and rely on my wife to earn an income and pay the bills. And that was very hard for me. Why? Because I had to to realize that I wasn't self-reliant. It had all been an illusion. All the success and security I thought I had achieved and would continue to achieve had all been an illusion and i didn't know how to accept or handle that at first it is a common experience to want to feel secure and in many cultures the message is sent that that the way to achieve security is by relying on oneself for for instance we work hard even become workaholics to make as much as we can and save as much as we can so we can have financial security or we go about our problems alone including our sins and addictions because we don't want people at church to think we're sinners or that our lives aren't as perfect as we display them to be on facebook as americans we advise people to keep your problems to yourself we say that When the going gets tough, the tough get tougher, and we say that in order to succeed, one needs to pick themselves up by the bootstraps. We say that idleness, which could be another word for relaxation or downtime, leads to laziness. Because of these messages, because we are told we need to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and to keep our problems to ourselves, we often feel pressure to... to, to think it by ourselves. We, we often feel pressure to do things by ourselves, only to wind up realizing that we are completely inadequate at fixing things, right? We feel the pressure to fix things by ourselves, to do things by ourselves, only to wind up realizing that we are completely inadequate at fixing things, left to our own no- left to our own devices we usually just make things worse now the pronoun i is all over the 23rd psalm yet every reference ties to gratitude and trust in god the over uh, the overflowing cup A blessings, in verse 5, is a beautiful and commonly used image. And think King James Version, my cup runneth over. For the psalmist, the overflowing cup only comes as part of a life that relies fully on God, for provision, rest, restoration of the soul, guidance in how to live, and protection from evil. The psalm does not portray a person who is blessed beyond measure as a result or reward of self-sufficiency. It portrays someone who is blessed beyond measure by relying on God. Let me say that again. The psalm does not portray a person who is blessed beyond measure as a result or reward of self-sufficiency. It portrays someone who is blessed beyond measure by relying on God. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. I would like you to imagine a cup. And then, imagine filling it with all the things you do to feel secure. Now, Imagine Jesus coming along with a jug of blessings. He tries to pour blessings into your cups, but you are already filled with all the ways you try to find security in yourselves. Friends, To be open to receive God's blessings, our cups must be empty of ourselves. In order to receive and to be open to receive God's blessings, our cups must be empty of ourselves. Jewish tradition says that this psalm was written while David was on the run from King Saul. Uh, This tradition says that when David was near death in the dry judean wilderness he was miraculously saved by god who and i quote nourished him with a taste of the world to come and i'm quoting that from um from a, a website uh, a jewish website actually uh, a commentary on this particular uh, psalm but uh yeah nourished him with a taste of the world to come the psalm is recited on days of rest to express trust in God and gratitude for all our nourishment. So I want you to think about this. David is on the run from King Saul who's trying to kill him. And, God, and he's relying on God to give him strength to survive this. And I want you to hear the psalm again. I'm going to go back to it. I want you to hear the psalm again. And I'm going to try to recite it. Actually, I'll try to recite it from memory in the King James Version. (laughs) So here it goes. Um, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lay down in green meadows. He layeth me down beside still waters. He reneweth my soul. He leadeth me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so there you have it. David's on the run, he's being uh, threatened. Uh, and hunted down by King Saul. And yet, because of his reliance in God uh, in this psalm, he's saying, What? That the Lord is his shepherd, he shall not want. He has everything he needs. The Lord calms him and protects him, lays him down beside still waters and in green meadows. Uh, He leads him down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So he could go off and do the wrong thing, but God is guiding him and making him do the right, not making him, but leading him to do the right thing. And then he says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. For God is with him. God's rod and staff, they comfort him like, like like a shepherd's staff comforts a sheep. Uh, God prepares a table before him in the presence of my enemy. This is a future taste of all the things that God is going to do. God anoints his head with oil. He becomes king, right? And his cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's that future taste that is to come the future taste that God nourished him with, of the world to come. The, this psalm, again, is recited on days of rest to express trust in God and gratitude for all of our nourishment. And while this psalm is popular in the Christian tradition, it's actually often associated with dying and death as a funeral passage for some reason, probably because of yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death but that's not what that was saying, that he was dying, but that death is trying to get him and God is protecting him. Uh, But anyway it's often associated in Christianity with death and dying and as a funeral passage or something recited in the last moments of life. But what what would it look like not to save this psalm for the end of life? but instead to look to it now as a regular prayer or meditation to form us as people of trust and gratitude rather than people of self-reliance and anxiety. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to walk through green meadows. He layeth me down beside still waters. He reneweth my soul. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How do we encourage and hold each other accountable to trust in the possibility rooted in God? And I want to pause for a moment right now and invite you to identify an area in your life where you are trying to do it alone. Okay, now that you have that moment in the forefront of your head now, how can I allow you, or how can you allow God, excuse me, how can you allow God into that aspect of your life? Remember some of the ways you might do this. For example, read scripture closely to see how God speaks to people and works in and through them. That's all throughout the Bible. Also, pray, pray, pray. Never cease in praying. And this is a huge and. Sometimes allowing God in means allowing other people in to help as agents of God's love. I'll say that again. Sometimes allowing God in means allowing other people in, other people in, to help as God's agents of God's love. So let us think of the ways our church might rely upon God and express trust and gratitude even more. We could move forward on planning ministries and trust God will aid us in them. And we could step up in roles of leadership knowing that God will not leave us alone and powerless to lead. We could simply volunteer more and trust that God will help us to manage our time. Perhaps this also involves thinking outside of the box and taking chances in how we minister to folks. Instead of playing it safe or worrying about institutional survival, perhaps this involves shifting from a mindset of scarcity to one of abundance. It's so easy for us to see how little we have. All the while ignoring the abundant blessings, all the while ignoring the abundant blessings and resources that God has poured out upon us. Let us as Christians move forward together, emptying our cups of our own ways and allowing them to overflow with God's grace, assistance, and blessings. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we just thank you and praise you for this opportunity to be here, to be with you, to be to be filled with your hope, but also with your guidance. Lord, help us to be a people who are self-reliant so that so that we can really empty ourselves, empty our cups of ourselves, and be filled with you, your love, and your grace, so that we may be sustained in all that we do, and that all that we do may bring glory to you. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, it's always a blessing to have you here tuning in, and I hope that you're getting as much out of this as I am. Uh, Again, I would like to remind you that um everything we do here is is free this is a, a ministry that i have uh in order to to share the good news with as many people as i can and so i appreciate you listening and i hope you're sharing it with others um also if you if this is your main spiritual um Uh, sustenance for the week this is your main uh feeding for the week so to speak and uh this is your church if you will then uh there are links to support the ministries of first united methodist church of newton any um uh donation given is is much needed and well used and so we we would appreciate that that helps us to continue doing the things that we're doing to to bring god to people and also to bring love hope healing and wholeness to people uh and we do that through our uh, treasures of hope ministry we do that through uh the weekend bag program that we help support we do that through a whole uh the manna house soup kitchen that we're a part of and uh and uh and uh serve at so there's a whole lot of different ways in which we serve the community and your help uh will help us to be able to continue to do that uh also, if, uh, if this is uh, just supplemental and you attend another church community, obviously uh, give to your community. They need it as much as we do. And if you have it in you to give to both, uh, that will go to further God's kingdom in both places. So uh, we will be appreciative of it. But anyway, with all things, remember, friends, you are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace.